Well, welcome back, Tiger Cats pregame presented by Active Green and Ross. Louis B alongside Andy Fantuz. Tiger Cats still about 45 minutes away from kickoff against the Calgary Stampeders. Sun starting to set over the uh, Tim Hortons field here, and a beautiful night for football. It's a big game, and here to discuss that, we have some pregame salutations. Coach Sal, John Salavantis, joins us at the Tiger Cats Audio Network desk. Coach. Beautiful night for football, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great night for football. I was hoping it would be hot and steamy here <laughs> and, and make uh, the uh, Albertans a little uncomfortable, but no, it turned out to be a great night. Yeah. Coach, what, what was your favorite time to play during the day? Do you like the the uh, the 1 o'clock, the 4 o'clock, or the 7 o'clock, if I give you three options? Football, football was a game that was meant to be played under clear blue skies in the afternoon so that the evening could then be a celebration of the day. <laughs> That's well said. Let's take a look at this Ticats team coming off a loss against the Toronto Argonauts one week ago. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough loss to bounce back from. One of the things I take away from that uh, game in Toronto, the week before, and, and we've talked about this with the Ticats offensive line having problems, the Ticats went into that game thinking that they could dominate the offensive line for Toronto. When you're a professional football player and you've been put behind the eight ball, you come out fighting the next time out. And I thought the Toronto offensive line took it to the Ticats. Their run game was excellent. They were able to double team, get up to the linebackers, screen off the linebackers, get a good run game going. I think tonight, what I'm looking for in the Hamilton offensive line is the same kind of a rebound. They need a good football game tonight. Yeah, they certainly, the Ticats certainly did not match the intensity of the Argonauts early on uh, last game, and that'll be a big factor tonight, I, I think, as well. What, have, what do you see from the Calgary Stampeders, even though they have a 2-4 and four record, what do you see in that team? And, uh, you know, they have a high-octane offense, and their defense isn't a slouch either. What do you what do you see and what do you expect? And, and let's also mention their special teams. Do you think I, Mark? Mark is one of the best special teams coaches in the league. He'll match up with Jeff Reinbold in that area. But what I see out of, out of the uh, uh, Calgary Stampeders is a 100-to-1 shot, Okay. This will be 101 games that Mitchell has started. Wofford will start his first game tonight. Oh, so, you know, it's an uphill battle. But like we talked about, you know, the, the Ticats need to come out fighting from the beginning. Get up on these guys right away. If they win the toss, I would like to see them take the football. Move the football down the field. Keep Mitchell on the bench. That's the only way you're going to beat Bo Mitchell in any ball game is to keep him off the field. Looking at David Watford coming into this, and you know I've said throughout the week, he's, he's not some guy coming off the street. Uh, this is a guy who backed up Dane Evans for 12 games, including two playoff games last year. Wasn't here, you know, has only been here the last few weeks. But this is a guy who knows the playbook. That being said... Would you expect Tommy Condell to maybe shrink the playbook a little bit, get some different looks with a different style quarterback, or do you, do you think it's more of, you know this offense, you've been in the room, go out there and do your thing? Well, uh, there's two trains of thought uh, when, you, when you approach it that way. If you're going up against a blitzing team, there's two ways to manage it. One, you block them. 
We tried to do that last week in Toronto. It didn't work out as well. The second way is to spread them out right across the field and take, uh, you know, shots down the field. I think tonight in watching some of the practice time, there was not a lot of six-man blocking schemes. I see some two-back offense in there with uh, with Bennett and, uh, and Irons tonight. And maybe then flanking one of those guys out or putting that guy in motion to see if they're playing man or zone on the outside. So realistically, you know, uh, I think Tommy Condell's got to go in with two game plans, one for the blitz package and one for a zone-type package. Yeah, you certainly can't blitz more than six people if uh, you got six receivers out there or somebody's wide open. And I, I, liked, I like what you said about that, too, because I think that gives a chance for Watford to make quick reads and, and get the ball out of his hand and find some rhythm. And then if he is able to buy a little bit of time, take some shots downfield. So I think that's a great approach as well. Well, yeah. Andy, Andy, you're absolutely right because the, the key is if your offensive line's having trouble, get the ball out of your hands quick. The more receivers you can put out there, the quicker you can get rid of the football, the easier it is to read if there's an extra man coming. You know, we always say we got five blockers. We'll take care of those quarterback. You got number six. I'm looking. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking to see some of our playmakers get the ball in open field. Other than Frankie Williams on some of his return game, we haven't seen a lot of that typical tie cat yak yards and and that excitement that really gets the crowd into it you got all the entire offense running downfield and making blocks and and really turning turning nothing into something i i really want to see that it's something i think i've been missing so far this season from the hamilton tiger cats yeah and i i think we, that brings us to, to brandon banks uh when the cats don't have brandon banks in the lineup they're one and six he's the guy that that gives you that that kind of a feel I think the two white boys tonight, uh, uh, Pappy and, and Tim White, I think those two guys have to be able to, to uh, uh, get what you're talking about. Last game, Dunbar didn't get many balls thrown his way. They need to get the ball in his hand. He's a big guy who can break some plays. I talked about this with Jalen Acklin and David Ungerer throughout the week, and, you know, Ungerer had said that uh, Tommy didn't bring him aside, but he kind of mentioned you're a veteran in this league now. And, and when you look at that receiving group, we mentioned it yesterday, 23 games played, Jalen Acklin, the most experienced receiver on this group. That being said, having that scout team experience, Ungerer, Watford, do you think Watford finds someone early and kind of finds that connection and sticks with it? A lot of times a quarterback will find that in the game. He doesn't go in with that particularly in his mind. I'm going to take care of this guy because if he does, he's now pointing his ball at, yeah. at a particular receiver, and you don't want him to do that. But most times a quarterback will find success with a particular player, and he'll stick with that guy throughout the ballgame. Yeah, sometimes that's based on matchup or, or defensive scheme, but uh, do, you are going to you're going to get the ball into some of those big playmakers hands and find a way if they are stale after a while. Um, but going back to the previous point of getting someone in the open field. Well, you know, Calgary is a professional team and they're getting paid, too. So it's not like they're just going to leave somebody open. So I think spreading the ball around, getting Unger, getting Dunbar, getting Pappy and Tim White, getting Jalen Acklett, everybody in the mix will help free some guys up and create some confusion. You can't just be going to one or two, three or three people you need to spread it out and we need to have six or seven receivers catching the ball which i thought we saw 
when Watford came into the game. I mean, let's give Watford credit. He did march the ball down the field. You know, Sean Thomas Erlington finished off the drive with the 20-yard touchdown run. But, I mean, he, after a couple of shaky throws, he did finish with six completions for 78 yards. He, he, and, again, he's, he's not some slouch off the, road, off the street. You're right. And, and uh, you know, talking with Andy, we know we're talking receivers <laughs> because that, that's his forte. You've got to have a running game. You've got to be able to run the ball. Earl last week carried the ball four times in that ball game and had two receptions. That's not good enough. You've got to be able to press those guys up front. You don't want Lemon and that Stefan Banks coming off that edge out there and Wiggins in the middle uh, causing you problems. So you've got to be able to run the ball and make them honest. Yeah, give the old lineman some love. Let him let him just yeah. get off the ball and go go smash some smash some heads, right? So like get a, get a push, get into the game, get some rhythm. I couldn't agree with you more, coach. So would that come with those little screen passes, the little quick hitches? What would you kind of to to get like or you know using the run? And we've seen them use the run creatively. We've seen them use the run on those little kind of handoff passes. We've seen. Do you think that kind of translates to get like you say to get Tim White or to get Pappy White involved on plays like that? They might not be run per se but they're run like yes they are and and you've got Revenberg who can get out on that edge and block that that outside person on the screen I think you need to have those kinds of screens one of the screens that I think would be very effective tonight would be if you could get Kalinich in the ball game and get a little uh, tight end screen right over the middle that holds that middle linebacker he now has to think every time Kalinich is in the ball game this may be a screen coming my direction in the middle of the field. So, therefore, he doesn't get his normal drop. I want to see the uh, the Tiger Cats leaving it on the field tonight. Not, like, I want to see effort, visually see and hear effort out there. I know, you know, you always know that they're not giving up. They're not. Last week they kept fighting, they kept fighting, but even from the very first whistle, I want to see that effort of sprinting to the ball, finishing plays, getting excited, having fun with each other, because that's when it becomes a full team effort and a full, sorry, a complimentary football and a, and a better result. Coach Al, before we let you go here, I just want you to answer this very simple question. The Ticats will win this game if... If they can protect their quarterback and if the quarterback uh, disperses the ball out of uh, his hands quickly and gets it into their hands. And we sit here under Moscow's banner and the defense has to contribute tonight to help out that offense. And that means takeaways. Well said. Coach South, always appreciate you joining us. Welcome. <laughs>